0: The Public News Service Showing Newscast, June the 3rd, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. Pollution from diesel engines can cause a variety of health issues. A new report reveals
1: some Illinois communities face higher risks from diesel pollution. Illinois is projected to have the fifth highest diesel pollution-related death count per capita in the U.S. in 2023, in the analysis by the Chicago-based Respiratory Health Association. Brian Urbiszewski with the RHA says the pollution concentrates in communities with diesel-heavy infrastructure, such as highways, freight yards, and fleet garages. There's a lot of communities that are in close proximity to large sources of diesel emissions, so they're getting a larger dose of diesel exhaust. The report urges Governor J.B. Pritzker to sign on to a multi-state agreement adopting new policies that push the trucking industry toward cleaner electric fleets. The Illinois legislature passed a resolution endorsing the move last year, although Pritzker has yet to act on it. This is Jonah Chester reporting.
0: The report focuses exclusively on fine particulate pollution. It should be noted that trucks can emit multiple types of pollutants, which can cause other health and environmental issues. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration issues hundreds of recall notices for potentially unsafe food products each year, but consumer advocates say too few of them are reaching grocery customers. U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports one out of six Americans are sickened each year by foodborne illnesses. It's up to the FDA and grocery stores to notify purchasers about recalls, but a new study finds that isn't working very well. Teresa Murray with the Arizona Perg Education Fund says the current system often leaves shoppers in the dark.
1: Right now, it's a hodgepodge, and some of the blame is on the shoulders of the grocers, some of it's on the FDA, and frankly, some of it's on the part of consumers who need to do more to make sure that they're informed.
0: Murray says when recall notices don't get people's attention, there can be serious consequences. The CDC reports each year 128,000 Americans are hospitalized and 3,000 die from foodborne illness. Mark Richardson reporting. That report is online at ArizonaPergFund.org. The Daily Beast reports multiple people shot at a burial Thursday afternoon for a young man fatally shot by police in Wisconsin in May. That's according to information from Racine police and attendees. Mourners were paying their last respects to 37-year-old DeShante L. King when gunfire erupted at the Graceland Cemetery. The Daily Beast notes King was shot and killed by a police officer in Racine during a traffic stop on May the 20th. According to the police, King stepped out of his vehicle holding a gun and refused to comply with orders to drop it. An officer opened fire and King was pronounced dead at the scene. This is PNS. Small business groups celebrating the new budget deal reached between California state legislators. Next up comes the final negotiations with Governor Gavin Newsom. The deal includes more than $1 billion to offset the cost of paid sick leave and help cover taxes on unemployment insurance. Carolina Martinez is CEO of CAMEO, the California Association for Microenterprise Opportunities. Small businesses still need capital and also technical assistance. So we are happy to see that the governor's office and also the legislators are committed to continue supporting the small businesses. The budget must pass by June 15th and be signed into law by July 1st. I'm Suzanne Potter. The budget also includes $150 million for COVID-19 small business grants and $75 million for drought relief grants for small agricultural business in the state. New Hampshire political candidates and voters must now contend with the state's last-minute
1: approval of a new congressional district map. On Tuesday, the New Hampshire Supreme Court unanimously approved a new map just one day before candidates began filing to run for office in the fall election. Olivia Zink is the executive director of New Hampshire-based Open Democracy, a nonpartisan and nonprofit civic organization. She says the timing of the new map was far from ideal. The filing period
0: opens the first Wednesday in June and goes for 10 days, which is a state law, and the maps were drawn with less than 24 hours before the filing period opened for
1: congressional races. We are the last state in the country to finalize a map. Court intervention to create a final congressional map was a last resort after the governor vetoed two Republican-approved maps last week. I'm Chance Storland reporting.
0: Finally, young people are leading the charge this weekend in the call to remove four dams that conservation groups believe will aid the survival of salmon in the
1: Northwest. The rally and march for salmon in Oregon take place on Saturday in Seattle to urge Washington state leaders to remove four lower Snake River dams. Owen Begley-Collier is a junior at Roosevelt High School in Seattle, who is helping host the event with his group, Snake River Savers. He says orcas have been one of his great loves since he was a kid, but he's worried about their future. Ever since four federal dams were put up on the lower Snake River, the wild salmon population has plummeted, which has deprived these ecosystems and communities. Governor Jay Ansley and Senator Patty Murray plan to release their recommendations for the lower Snake River dams by July 31st. Other organizations involved with the rally include the Endangered Species Coalition, Save Our Wild Salmon, and the Washington Environmental Council. I'm Eric Tegadoff reporting.
0: This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for wrapping up your week with Public News Service member and listeners supported. Heard on radio stations Big and Small, your favorite podcast platform. And find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.